bringing you only the best conversations for the most pressing issues, this is The Biomosphere, and we are hashtag empowering earth. Hello everyone, I'm Kit. And I'm David, and we will be your hosts for this episode. Welcome to The Biomosphere, a podcast that aims to bring awareness to different environmental issues through insightful conversations and themed episodes. Today, we'll be talking about the Philippines' environmental history. We'll be sharing our thoughts on different aspects about the topic and what we hope to see more of in the future. The Philippines' environmental history First, let us introduce our guest student speakers for today. The first guest is an incoming IB1 student and has been an avid environmentalist since 2019. As the executive director of Biomes Manila, he has spearheaded donation drives and projects tackling sustainability and conservation. Please welcome Tirolf Ekberg. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here. Next, we have a person that is dedicated to change making. She is the Assistant Head of Creatives at Biomes Manila. She is also part of other organizations that aim to give the youth a platform to speak up about issues that are not always seen in the media. Please welcome Maya Baritugo. Hey besties, I'm so excited to be here. Last but not the least, we have a person who is a budding environmentalist that joined a group of young people who are sorting trash along the beach. She wants to make a difference with the knowledge and privilege she's been given as one of the assistant heads of creatives at Biomes Manila. Please welcome Ara Katuran. Hi guys, I'm very happy to be here. Okay, thank you everyone for introducing yourselves. It's so great to have you here in our very first episode of the podcast. To kick everything off, we're going to be addressing a few environmental problems in the Philippines that we are facing in the past as well as the present. So to everyone, anyone can answer this, what do you think the main issues in the Philippines are? For me, I definitely think it's probably overpopulation and water pollution, mainly because especially in Metro Manila, the density is extremely high and the amount of people that live within the region is also very, very high. So I think that would contribute to the degradation of the water, especially within our oceans and within Manila Bay. And I think apart from that, the government needs to do more work, especially in like creating policies and trying to mitigate the effects that are happening, especially with overpopulation and the consequences that come with it. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And it's not only affecting the environment, but also other factors such as the quality of living here. How about you, Maya? I think some problems that I see the most are land abuse because um, you know, there are very few green spaces in Metro Manila alone. And I think, yeah, that needs to be talked about more because we need to be more innovative and creative when it comes to finding solutions to climate change. Yes, that's right. We're no longer are the days where we don't have technology to help us. Now we have all of this information and we should use it towards helping the environment. Lastly, Ara. I agree with what you said because with more people, we have to discipline more people to 
not use rivers and seashores to and make them as our own garbage cans. And we have to give them knowledge to let them take action of what's happening right now as well in our society and in our environment. Agreed with that. Thank you so much, everyone. Those were some really, really great insights. And I hope that in the following minutes, we're going to be discussing them in more in-depth. Right, David? Yeah, exactly. And to kind of introduce our new in-depth discussions, I'd like to open the first topic that we'll tackle today, which is the Philippines has long been under scrutiny for misusing land. So to our guest speakers, what are your different opinions about the land abuse that's going on in our country? Uh, I definitely think that land abuse is a result of corruption. I definitely think that, especially within Metro Manila and not just here in like the major cities in the Philippines, I think there's so much corruption that people can just feel free to use whatever land they'd like to use. So for example, especially with the increase of demand in homes and the increase in demand for offices, I think people, they don't really prioritize the sustainable aspect of the land. They just try to use it for what they see its purpose of. Okay, so you're, you think that like the private sector is kind of misusing and they're the main reason why the land abuse is going on? Yep. Okay, thank you so much for your insight here. Um, next, can we hear from Maya? Yeah, so people are making efforts to keep like the forest at an optimal level and though urbanization is making it harder. Um, many orgs talk about this, but I still feel like it is rarely talked about. Only 12% of green spaces in Metro Manila remain, which is something I mentioned earlier. And who knows how much lower the percentage can still get, you know? Uh, if green spaces were at an increased percentage, maybe it wouldn't be as hot during the summer. And it's sad, but we have to start realizing that aside from the plants and animal species we're hurting, we're also affected by our own actions. Mm, exactly, I agree. And for those that are listening in, can one of our guest speakers please explain what green spaces are and how the country can benefit as a whole? Just to explain and to let our listeners understand just the benefits of making sure that our green spaces are still around. Okay, so some examples of green spaces are like uh, forested parks, wetlands, or nature reserves. And what they do is they reduce harmful effects and they also contribute to the mental health of some people, according to the World Health Organization. So yeah, green spaces are really um, good for not just the earth, but also for our well-being overall. So with recreational parks, um, count as green spaces? Yes, I definitely think so. How about um, things like golf courses? Yeah, I think golf courses especially, mainly because there isn't a lot of infrastructure around those areas. So if you are, for our listeners, if you are looking to improve your well-being, then definitely follow David's advice and go to a golf park. <laughs> I'm not telling them to play golf, but I'm glad, to know that the, I'm glad to know that the sport itself is environmentally friendly in a way. <laughs> True. And, you know, there's something to add. So the Philippines is an agricultural country and we're so rich in biodiversity. So natural resources are so important to us. But with all of this land conversion, animals are going extinct, species of certain plants are going extinct, and 
it's just not right. So moving forward, of course, since there's land, the other counterpart would be the waters. Rivers, oceans, they're mostly polluted here and you can see it everywhere. And they're usually used as garbage cans. What do you guys think about that situation? With regards to rivers and seashores, I think in the Philippines and in the Philippines' history most specifically, I think we haven't really developed a proper waste management system. That's why people believe that if they throw it in the ocean, then they won't have to worry about it anymore. But that's really not the case. If they throw it back into the ocean, then it's going to end up in the fishes, in the corals. So when they eat their food, it's just going to come back into their stomach. So. I think when people treat like rivers and oceans as garbage cans, I think at the end of the day, it's just gonna cycle back to them and then the process is never gonna get broken. That's true. Like, have you ever experienced going to a beach and instead of seeing fishes swimming, you see random pieces of plastic floating around? Yeah, I do. Especially since I'm a beach bum, I see a lot of plastic and a lot of waste in the ocean. Wow, beach bum! <laughs> Love that. Okay, so how about you, Maya and Ara? Do you have anything to share? So I agree with Pierce's answers. Um, since the Philippines is a developing country, it's good that we educate people about like how we can save the planet in our own ways. Like since we were kids, we've been taught not to litter, but not all of our lifestyles are privileged enough to be sustainable. So we can keep educating consumers because that's really helpful about what to do and what not to do. But we also need to demand accountability from producers because they could have the power to find new ways to make their products more sustainable. And though it may take time to do this, they should probably consider innovating and creating for the sake of our planet. Yes, girl, preach that. And especially since I think that most of the waste that goes into water actually comes from big factories. So the corporate world. So it's really, really essential that they're the ones that try to innovate and change since they also have enough money for it. And we're going to talk about that later on how being environmentally sustainable is for those who don't have a lot of budget for it. Just another question to ask to our guest speakers. Just to look at the other side of the coin in this conversation, Um, To address the recent efforts of the government to try and clean the rivers and seashores with the recent cleaning that they did to Pasig River and Boracay, do you guys think that they're on the right track or is there still a lot of room for improvement? I think with them cleaning it is, uh, I'd call it a band-aid solution because they have to start finding better ways to help keep it clean instead of just cleaning it every time it gets dirty because then you would just be stuck cleaning it and you'd be stuck in that set of uh, solutions instead of finding new ways to lessen making it dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, it's not enough to just clean it. It's more about just keeping it sustainable because in the long run, it's going to be way easier to just tell people to keep it clean than having to clean it each time. Mm. Totally agree. Yeah, I agree. And another scandal that's been popping up is how for campaigns, like political campaigns, they've been purposely adding trash for the candidates to clean. What do you guys think about that? Um, I think that's weird because 
you don't have to litter and pretend like you're cleaning it. I think what you have to do is to discipline your people to clean it so that we don't have to hire other people to clean their trashes, you know? Just to add to that, I definitely agree with Ara's perspective. Like, it's not their place to purposely add trash into the ocean and then pretend like they're cleaning it up. Mm. I think if they really want to get re-elected or elected in a position in general, I think they should start, yeah, I don't know, like, harking back to the roots of the cause, especially with the environmental situation in the Philippines. And if they really want people to kind of show them attention and show the person that they are aware of what they've been doing. I think it's not a matter of just putting trash back into the ocean, but actually trying to find a solution to it. So mm-hmm. going back to what Maya said about band-aid solutions, I definitely think that just putting or purposely putting trash into the ocean, it's just like propaganda, I think. It's just to let the people believe that what they're doing is right. Yeah. But in actuality, in, re- in reality, it's not. In a way, I guess you could consider it a form of greenwashing because they're trying to convince the people that they're doing something good even though it's not really creating much impact. So definitely agree with all of your perspectives on trying to come up with an actual solution. So this last question that I have for this particular topic is more on how being sustainable is not black and white. It's not always easy because a large part of water pollution is actually agriculture. So the more crops, trees, vegetables that we have here in the Philippines, the more the quality of water is reduced. But it's not like we can sacrifice agriculture because we won't have anything to export or to eat. So what do you think could be a solution or a way to go about this topic? Um, I think we really need to invest in good filtering systems because agriculture and water are two very important things that people need. So we can't really sacrifice either of the two. So I think um, we just have to prioritize and we have to really invest in a filtering system that keeps the water running um, just so we can prioritize both agriculture and also um, water in general in the things that we do after um, the crops. So for example, when we do our laundry or when we wash our hands, when we take a shower, that filtered water will save us a ton Uh, for future use. No, I completely agree with here. Um, since we're we have we look at the bigger picture, but we have to take it step by step. So, in fixing something, we have to make sure it doesn't affect another thing. And though it's gonna take some time, it's something we really need to do. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that topic since the Philippines is known for its beautiful beaches and, you know, just the water. So I really hope that our discussion can come to fruition. And speaking of pollution, let's try to go above the water to the air. And since air pollution rates have climbed dramatically in the past few years, I wonder how our guests feel about the air pollution that's happening, especially during the lockdown now. I think the air pollution was lessened because of the lockdown. We weren't allowed to go out and there were really a lot of restrictions. But I think people should not rejoice a lot over this, the transient reduction in global air pollution because we didn't really do anything to lessen the the pollution. We just 
merely have an accidental outcome of a completely other problem, which is COVID-19. And when it comes to carbon dioxide emissions, it's important to remember that once carbon dioxide is released, it stays in the air for a century. In the grand scheme of things, these few months of lower lower emissions, it will still have no impact in the climate change mitigation. Thank you so much, Ara. Um, does any of our guest speakers want to add on or uh, want to give us some of their other insights on the topic? I'd like to add on a bit as well. Um, so I totally agree with Ara's perspective that um, the decrease in air pollution due to lockdown isn't always a good thing, mainly because the consequence of the decrease in air pollution is obviously the pandemic. However, it's also a really good thing that happened um, last year, mainly because the Philippines has been battling with just with such high rates of carbon emissions and carbon dioxide within the atmosphere and within the region. So I definitely think that was like a um, like a band-aid solution once again, or like a short breath for the Philippines. But then now with lockdown restrictions um, getting dissolved and people coming back out to work and out to the malls and using their cars, and then now the air pollution is rising. So I definitely think it's another problem once again. So I'm pretty sure all of us can relate to how the air pollution is such a huge problem here in the Philippines. But um, yeah, I just like to say that um, it's really great that like the lockdown kind of had a at least some sort of positive effect on the air pollution. But then wouldn't it also kind of normalize and actually increase once again, like compared to before, because lots of people are now more eager to go out and, you know, use cars and even maybe go out of the country. So do you guys think that it would be like a net positive, this decrease in the air pollution, or would it just be just like how it was before? I think that the bigger challenge is sustaining the the air quality and adding to that is the effects of burning fossil fuel on the air quality and that should be addressed too so yeah Ara, i really like your answer about the uh, sustainability and just making sure that this new decrease can be sustained and with that with sustaining that comes with other alternatives to our current usage of cars so do you guys think that it's viable for new ev ev alternatives to be available in the private sector here in the Philippines, or are we still really far from that goal? Okay, so with regards to EV vehicles or EV in general, I definitely think that that is a far reach for the Philippines as of the moment, mainly because unlike other countries like the US that have Tesla and that have the charging stations for these cars, the Philippines does not. Um, And I definitely think it isn't the right time for it as of the moment because there are other more pressing issues than EV vehicles. So I think apart from it being a really big investment and adding to the debt of the Philippines, I think we still need to work on more of the root causes first aside from giving alternatives as of the moment. Hmm. Or maybe those EVs could be used in public vehicles first, like not really privately because along the road, I saw some solar-powered jeepneys and I actually tried them out 
And I don't know, it went pretty smoothly for me. And I was really surprised. Yeah, I saw that as well. Like, I was really impressed about that new innovation that they're trying to make the Jeepney solar powered. And seeing as the Philippines, for the most part, yes, there's a lot of private vehicles, but um, we're still a country that's really reliant on public transport. Mm -hmm. um, so, if it's not really good for consumers, I think there's a huge opportunity to use public transport as a way to, um, you know, kind of improve our um, air pollution and kind of give a new alternative to our usual gas and pollution emitting jeepneys. Speaking of gas emissions, you know how since we can't really go outside, people tend to order a lot online and get things delivered to us. But that has a lot of impact on the air pollution due to the gas emissions of transportation. Do you think that has actually cancelled out the progress that we have made because of the lockdown? Yeah, in the lockdown, we since we weren't going out, the gas emissions were lower. Um, I don't think it's... I don't really want to call it progress, but since it's worsening already, uh, we have to find different alternatives than just uh, staying at home because electric like electric vehicles are good alternatives mm, i see so in terms of delivery services are you saying that we should try to innovate and use electric couriers instead of like motorcycles that use gas yeah i think that would be a good idea like mm. electric vehicles I could definitely add to that. Um, yeah, so with regards to staying at home and ordering from online delivery services, I definitely think that the emissions that come from that, they definitely outweigh the progress that we've made. Um, as you've mentioned before about the solar power jeepneys and the other EV alternatives, I think although that is a good step, I think we still need to make more progress, especially in areas that need better transportation systems because like in metro manila um the although the transportation systems are not like the best um i think people don't really need the ev alternatives in this in metro manila because they already have cars so i don't think they'd be willing to switch so quickly but then definitely in like the provinces and, and in other cities i think starting there would be a good alternative thank you so much for your insights everyone I really like what Maya said about how she doesn't want to call it progress. And I agree because like, if this is the only way that we make any progress that we are forced to be inside and not go out, then I don't think it's really improving our country and our citizens as a whole. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like the reason why there was quote-unquote progress was the population factor. There were less people outside, it was less populated, therefore less waste was created. So, in terms of population, why do you think it leads to more pollution? Like, any specific examples? Okay, so in terms of population, um, an example of this is like, uh, so one person as an individual, they're like, oh, I'm just gonna throw this away, you know, it doesn't really matter, it's just like, it's just one product. And then what they don't know is that there are many other individuals who are also doing the same thing. So it's 
that's kind of like a good example to put it it's like it's not just you who's doing it it's other people so you as an individual need to start uh working on being more sustainable if you have the power to do it hmm. i really like that statement because all of these little things add up so even just making a difference by yourself can already affect the whole impact of like being sustainable to the environment that's true and for overpopulation that also means that more housing units are needed does anyone want to share what they think about converting forested areas into residential places instead um with regards to transitioning um like for example land into housing and with the demand of housing i definitely think that it's good economically but it's not so environmentally because if we were to put it for example with the rare green spaces that are remaining in the philippines i think it's important that instead of like cutting it down piece by piece i think it's better that we safeguard them because for example if we bring the topic of natural disasters and how severe they get after each year i think if we continue to cut down on these green spaces then it's just going to affect us in the long run right especially with um hot season in the philippines we're going to be experiencing more droughts and then when the rainy season comes we're going to be experiencing floods so if we cut down on these green spaces and turn them into houses then we're just going to have more probably like more houses breaking down and then at the same time we have drought and flood mm, you're right what would you propose as a solution though like these people still need a place to stay in what other alternatives could we have for that Although this is a long shot, I think we need more people to stay in like other cities in the Philippines aside from Metro Manila. Like well distributed. Yes, yes, well distributed because the density in Metro Manila is really very high. So if we continue to keep putting people here and cutting down on these green spaces, then it's just like negative and negative, right? So if we try to manage the green spaces that we have, most especially in other major cities like in Cebu, Davao, etc. And then if we try to balance everyone out in the Philippines then I think we can reach a point of stability. Mhm. In a perfect world that would be great, but unfortunately people always tend to go to the capital to seek new opportunities. So I feel like maybe there has to be some incentives laid out so that the people would be more interested in other cities that are not Manila. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with Tier that we have to balance the residential areas and the areas wherein we have green spaces because trees produce oxygen and they filter the air we breathe. Mm-hmm. That's right. And with fewer trees, we would have flash floods and yeah, we would just ruin more houses that we made and you know we have to pay for the. construction again and then it gets ruined again because you know we don't have enough trees to hold the land when there's storms or floods of course like without air without oxygen we wouldn't be alive that's why we see so many post apocalyptic movies where they're breathing using a gas mask and at some point some countries in the world have actually had to use that because the quality of the air was so bad to me it sounds like This overpopulation problem is heavily connected to the other problems that we talked about before. Like the overpopulation will cause land abuse, it will cause 
waters to be dirty, it will cause air pollution. So maybe overpopulation is one of the main root causes of everything happening. Or does anyone else have any other opinion? I'd actually just like to add to what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, the people seem to be the problem, but we can also be the solution. True. So, yeah. Agreed. Yes, so true. Love that statement. Someone framed that statement. We can be the problem, but also the solution. And hopefully, more of us will want to be the solution instead of just creating problems. So all of our overarching themes kind of have the same repercussion, which is global warming. That's the thing we're trying to solve. So even though it's been rehashed and said so many times, um, how do you guys feel global warming has changed because of the carbon emissions? Okay, so an effect of the global warming is um, natural disasters. With the amount of typhoons that happened just in this lockdown alone, a lot of youth leaders and many different organizations put up donation drives. And this is a good thing because we were able to work as a community. But if we just keep putting up donation drives every time natural calamity happens, this is just another band-aid solution. So the increase in natural disasters, especially at the um, months that it happens, is already the reddest flag we have to start demanding accountability from developed countries to control their carbon emissions. Yeah, definitely. It really is noticeable how the earth is warming, especially since we live in such a hot climate already. The carbon emissions really does not help any of that. And most of the carbon emissions is usually attributed to the use of utilities like electricity, cars, and gas. Um, how can our citizens improve our use of these um, basic utilities so that it kind of lessens the amount of carbon dioxide that we produce per capita? With regards to using the most basic of utilities, like what you said with electricity and gas, I think the Philippines has really been abusing its power. Um, I definitely think that because our public transportation system, as I said a while ago, isn't really the best, I think people have been using cars too much and using electricity too much. And what I mean by this is that um, people in the Philippines, most especially, they like to go out. So because like the MRT and all of the train stations aren't really that efficient, I think the amount of cars in the Philippines is like outstanding. So the amount of carbon emissions that result from that is also going to be very outstanding. And with regards to utilities like electricity, I think people don't really are or aren't really aware of like closing the lights when they aren't in use or turning off the aircon when it isn't in use. So that definitely also adds up to the carbon emissions. Oh, I really agree with that answer. And I think that it's our job as citizens of a country to try and our best to find sustainable solutions just so that we can all help each other. Um, does anyone want to add to that or want to talk about how these carbon emissions actually also cause um, natural disasters and phenomena? I'm sure we're all kind of um, used to that here in the Philippines. But over the years, the amount of typhoons, earthquakes, and even volcano eruptions has skyrocketed. So do you guys think that it really is um, the that carbon dioxide is the reason why these things are happening 
So, to answer David's question on volcano and typhoons, typhoons are created because of a clash between warm air and cold air. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I learned in science class. And when we have more greenhouse gases, it warms the upper atmosphere and the ocean more. So, because of that happening, there's more of a chance that cyclones, typhoons will keep happening. And because of eruptions, like volcanic eruptions, it can alter the location of these cyclones. That's why, let's say here in the Philippines, we're already super, super prone to typhoons. But the fact that we're a really big polluter causes it to hit us harder and to hit us more often, which is something that we should really focus on because we already know that we're heavily affected by it. So this is something that we should all keep in mind. Yeah, it's definitely something we need to find a solution for instead of just band-aid solutions. With the uh, increasing global service temperatures, droughts and increased star- um, the increased intensity of storms is more possible, right? And water vapor in the atmosphere uh, becomes fuel for more powerful storms to develop. I agree with Maya because farmers, fish folks, and those living across Along the coastlines are the ones most affected by the climate change, including both slow onset and sudden onset disasters like heat waves, flooding, strong winds, and rising sea levels. Just like what happened in the Broly Typhoon and Yolanda Typhoon. The poorest population are the most vulnerable to the effects of climate change as they are frequently those who do not contribute directly to it so i think we're going back to what we said earlier that people they need to be aware and need to be disciplined so that they so that we can lessen pollution and carbon emissions thank you so much for the answers um i think these are um some ways that we can attribute global warming and carbon emissions to things that we can really relate to even to our listeners that are um, not really well informed about these topics, I think you can all relate to the recent typhoons, earthquakes, and volcano news. So with that being said, I think it would be really melancholic if we end the uh, podcast like this. So um, can we open ourselves to maybe listing down and talking about current solutions um, that's happening today and how we can actually look forward with a little bit of optimism. In terms of finding solutions, especially um, for the effects or the effects of global warming in general that are being faced by the Philippines, I definitely think that rehabilitating degraded ecosystems in one of the most important forefronts in the Philippines, and those are located in the Palawan and Cebu region, Um, which are like in in the south of the Philippines. Um, So basically, there are already other NGOs that are rehabilitating these degraded ecosystems. But I feel like now it's a matter of just protecting um, the region as a whole because it's really subjected to a lot of poachers and a lot of people who try to ruin the ecosystem in these regions. So I think if we just kind of amplify the efforts that are made by these NGOs, then it would be easier for us to sustain the region's protection. Aside from what you said, we also talked a little about electric vehicles a while ago. 
and um, the Philippines replaced old jeepneys with the solar-powered ones, and also electric tricycles are being in use. I think that most of the solutions were also already mentioned before. Like, I remember Maya mentioning that a lot of them were just band-aid solutions. They're just temporary ones. I feel like it was well integrated into everything that we discussed today. So, yeah. Are there any other last solutions that we've noticed happening right now? Yeah, energy such as solar power and the wind power, which means there's no, there's less carbon emissions from the factories we usually use. And operating from the sun and the wind are infinite, unlike fossil fuels that we have to burn and we have to look for them. So I think it's better to use these instead of fossil fuels. Yeah, that's true. And as we progress in creating technology that can be accessible to everyone, the more that we can have renewable energy, the better it would be for our future as well. So the solutions that we have mentioned, they're more on big solutions that require a lot of budget or a big organization to create. But how about solutions that an individual can do? Are we seeing some of that happening right now? Yes, because right now I'm in Shargao and I've seen a lot of young people pick up trashes because every night here there's a, a party in near the shore and those people who party here, they don't usually, you know, clean the trash because because it's dark and they don't see it and yeah, and they just leave and in the morning there would be like plastic and broken bottles everywhere so in the morning whenever I w- take a walk I see young people with sacks and they're like picking up the trash so I try to join them and there are people here using eco bricks as decoration in their resorts and that's that's a really nice thing to do because they don't have to buy and that lessens their budget and it also helps the environment as well so I think we can have more circular designs as well. That's really inspiring to hear that people who live in Shargao, you've mentioned that, you know, it's a beach place, there's so much water everywhere and they're already making efforts towards that. I hope that us too, like us, the people listening to this podcast right now can do the same thing because something as small as that can really create an influence in our community because once you see someone doing it, other people are gonna want to do it, just like how Ara was influenced by the other people using reusable bags, right? Yes, and I also see people using plastic bottles as their boats so that they build the plastic bottles and then they tie it around and they and they make like, it's so big and it's full of just plastic bottles and I think it reduces the chance of this the fishes in the sea to eat those plastic in it because there's plastic in the bottles and you know it also helps people who can't afford to buy a boat and they can just make their own so I think it's it's more of making simple solutions but in a creative way as well and you don't have to go crazy and buy those expensive cars that has batteries in it just so you can help the environment because not all of us can afford cars like that. Even the small things matter. So, since we are nearing the end of our podcast, I would like to ask everyone if there are any 
last final words that you would like to say about this topic? Yeah, to our listeners, it might be a little bit hard to take the first step in sustainability, but trust me and the other speakers in this podcast that once you take that first step, it's going to be much easier for you to maintain the streak. Thank you so much, Executive Director, for those motivational words. So, in short, will the Philippines accomplish the SDGs by 2030? No. But are we making clear efforts for sustainability? Yes. And now, it is about amplifying the current efforts and inspiring more people to become catapults for change. Thank you so much everyone for listening to The Biomosphere and we hope to see you next time. The Biomosphere is presented to you by Biomes Manila. We would like to extend our thanks to the hosts, speakers, and music creators for making this venture possible. Ready to dive in and make a change? Follow us on Instagram at biomes.mnl and Facebook at Biomes Manila. Stay updated on our social media platforms for more information regarding our podcast and future events just like this. Biomes Manila using biomes as a catapult for change since 2020.